take me down to Book Island Depository City, where the drinks are strong and the children are really mouthy. <laughs> Welcome to the after party, everybody. Hey, oh, hi, hello. Would you please take me home? I'm so sorry. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. <laughs> Incredible. Amanda says, fixing my peak. <laughs> I was going to do that too, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to overtake Amanda's good. It was happening. Oh no! You go ahead. I'm sorry if I stepped on you. Your axle rose. No, no, it's fine. I think you did a perfect one. Okay. <laughs> listen, listen. That's... Nice. Anyone out there want to get licked? <laughs> <laughs> you know the famous Axl Rose quote. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Definitely the same band. <laughs> Guns and Roses and Kiss are the same. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you mm-hmm. see them and you're like, man, those are the same men. The two genders, Julia. That's right. Maybe it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation <laughs> mm. where like Axl Rose and Slash are just walking around and then their bodies configure to have the, the face paint on. Those are You just added a third band to Eric. <laughs> Very quickly, though, because I made, made a good joke. What gender is everyone? Guns and Roses or Kiss? I'm Kiss. <laughs> I'm Kiss. I think I'm also guess. I'm guns only? Oh, yes. interesting. Yeah. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you can take the guy out of Texas. Mm-hmm. But you can't, can't take the can't guns, take the out, of guns Texas. out of Brandon. Yes, that's what I always say. <laughs> I meant you added a third person, not a third band there. <laughs> that's all right. I'll allow it. Guys, we got a lot to cover today. Uh, and this no, we, podcast, you don't want to talk about this more? <laughs> this podcast keeps Listen. getting better with age, unlike the final touring act of Kiss, which is uh, happening this year in the year oh, of our Lord no. 2023. Amanda, that's very rude. And I don't, appre- I don't appreciate this Kiss slander on the podcast. That's all I'm saying. I'm now imagining a 70-year-old man in makeup, and it's yeah. really making me upset. Yeah. I you mean, know? you know... The older we get, the more we need makeup, Eric. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah, true. That's not wrong. That's not wrong. <laughs> I yeah. know. It's just funny that Gene Simmons looks like like every Jewish boy when he was thirteen with yep. the curly hair. Mm-hmm. Not all of them had a long tongue, but I guess that that's like a thing that's on Fox News right now. It's fair. Yeah. Interesting. Really it, it's, a new, it's a new Jewish rumor. I'm going to start. <laughs> All Jews have super long tongues. Speaking Oof. of Jekyll and Hyde, you recently joined a new social media app and got bullied immediately. Would you like to just talk about that here? It <laughs> doesn't have much to do with joining the party, but it, it is topical. Sure. Oh, Eric, did you join Blueski? I did join Blueski. Gotcha. That's uh, the app where you talk about uh, Blue's Clues and Bluey only. Yes, like the blues could do glasses. We'll get to it. You got bullied by blue? (laughs) Yeah, I got bullied by... Paprika's a motherfucker. I'll tell you that. Um, Yeah, I went on Blue Sky, and and I finally had an opportunity to, like, post for the first time. I had another opportunity. So the first thing I said was, I'm on Blue Sky, and I know exactly what to say, that Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joel are the same guy. It's a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Mm -hmm. And immediately... Within two minutes, a guy said, ha-ha, good joke, but that doesn't make any sense because they have totally different sounds and musical musical qualities. And I'm like... So why would you say it's a good joke, random man on the internet? Oh, because he was being mean? Ugh. He was being rude? Ugh. He was being a rude man? Um, and I'm like, oh, no. Less bullied, but just, like, stupid at? at yeah. It? You got stupid at that. Yeah. And I was yeah. Like, you got mansplained. Oh, no. You got, <laughs> yeah. was like, you got you me. I, uh, I didn't know what I was talking about when I wrote this. Nuts. Yeah. I don't even know who little Stevie Van Zandt is. Yeah. <laughs> little little Blue Ski Van Zandt. He was on The Sopranos, right? Yeah. 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 
So my sort of masterful hosting strategy here, just to like peel back the curtain here and just, uh, just you know, is to say, hey, Eric, was that experience at all like ours dealing with book depository adults in these last three episodes? <laughs> was it? Are there any book depository adults maybe wearing some like heteronormative bullying t-shirts um, on, on Blue Ski or here? at Book Depository Island. I think on there, someone did ask if we had any other like slogans that were on Book Depository shirts. Oh, we sure do. Always. So yep. if, if anyone wants to share any of them that they've seen or maybe that they've bought or some vintage ones they found on eBay, like, please go ahead. Well, there's definitely mm. some upcoming in the in the future episodes. So oh, yeah, I forgot. ready for that. We have some oh, more. that's right. Yeah. So is that a who can say? <laughs> it is a who can say. There is one. I saw this on eBay. It's from like 86. And it's, uh, I wish Bookie was my husband, but I guess I'll settle for this fucking bug. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine is, um, we finish each, and then the other person said, other sandwiches. That's a real, that's a real uh, Disney couple shirt that I just found <laughs> on the internet. That is a, that is a quote from a Disney movie. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. We finish each other's books. <laughs> it just said, oh, that's yeah. good. Someone's just wearing the word book. Yep. Uh, here's another fun uh, Disney couple shirt. One says broke and one says spoiled. And I want you to guess which one's for the man and which one's for the woman. Well, obviously the man is spoiled, Amanda. Yeah. yeah. Women are are the breadwinners here. Um, they're uh, doctors. They're, not, they're yeah, pirate queens. This is Vernostello. Exactly. Yeah. No, but guys, it has been so fun getting to know the book depository and this whole ecosystem here. Not to mention, there's a whole other half of the parking area, by the way, that we haven't even touched yet. But there have been so many things happening in the book depository. We were separated. That was wild. That and was. Crimson's Exchange, just the whole ecosystem of its own. So, players, how did you feel about our first kind of four? into the book depository in episode seven as we met Bookie and Piney and searched the big room. My shirt says I want a divorce. Good. Okay. <laughs> Good. What does your partner's shirt say? Okay. I like Damn. him. <laughs> wait, wait, that's fucking awesome. And then the okay's in a book? Like it's, an open, it's like open? Shit. My new headcanon, I'm sorry to, to distract, but my new headcanon is that instead of getting engaged at Book Depository, like in Disney World, you get divorced at Book Depository. Like that's mm. the thing that you get. You go to you go to Book Depository to get divorced. It's like a thing right. people do. You take your child there to explain that you're breaking up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. So anyway, funny. how do we feel about these things? <laughs> Just like my dad did in the corporate cafeteria of the building where we both worked. <laughs> wow. Didn't Good know memories. that fact. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Yeah. On your way out of the cafeteria, you went to the gift shop and got a t-shirt that said, my dad just got divorced. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I feel great about Book Depository Island. It's a very cool concept. Eric, I love that you combine two of my favorite things, which is being a Disney adult and also books. Books. I was shocked, confused, dismayed, uh, discombobulated, uh, forlorn, um, excited about getting kicked out of the room. Yes. Yes. But Brandon, we had a whole episode before that even happened where we, of course, g- hear in the subheader that Erica titled Shark Week in our after party <laughs> agenda uh, because we we had a whole encounter with the book sharks before we even Troy got swallowed up by the sea and uh, Umbi had to face allegations of, uh, of sleeping with a married avocado. <laughs> I super liked 
the whole like aspect of okay this is a theme park you're meeting the like quote-unquote theme park characters the mickey-esque bookie and the (laughs) part that i feel like we almost forgot about because book depository island is so interesting is the whole like hey there's resurrection magic happening yeah i literally just read my notebook to prep for this julia and i Mm -hmm. had that note i was like we didn't do anything with that. We Fuck. did not do anything about that. <laughs> I have a feeling, and because we, in the podcast, haven't gotten to the Lake Encounter, I have a feeling that maybe those two things might be connected, but I'm not sure, and I can't say yet. It's a real who can say. There's a version of Bookie that's just Jesus Christ resurrected. <laughs> that is Baby. possible. Julia, I do I do want to say that this is uh, your fault yep. because you decided uh, like a fucking genius to attach olfactory things to Cammy's magic. Mm-hmm. And originally I said it as a joke and then I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that like knowing that all of your magic has a smell is something that's pulling forward and something that can be easily identified. I think it's a really wonderful thing that shows up in a lot of my favorite fantasy that like magic is tangible mm-hmm. and you know about it and associating types of magic with certain things has been really fun to think about. So this is uh, your fault for being detail-oriented and uh, creative. (laughs) You know what? A peek behind the curtain, that is a running joke in my home campaign with friend of the pod, Misha. Oh, sure. That's your detail-oriented and creative? No, well, that too, (laughs) but thank you. Misha Misha and I are always dunking on Julia, telling her how detail-oriented she is. That's true. It's a fun fact about uh, Eric and Misha. (laughs) Why don't you go get a planner, you fucking nerd? (laughs) Uh, but I made a joke once, like, oh, does this, like, certain planer thing smell like the plane that it's on, right? And so I thought that would be a funny thing to do. And it really works for Cami because, like, the smell of tea is something that, like, is very identifiable. You can tell a green tea from an herbal tea, from a black tea, from an oolong, et cetera, et cetera. For sure. Uh, just from smelling it. So it makes sense that Cami's flavor of magic, or I guess sense of magic, is olfactory. So I'm glad we could incorporate that. It's very fun. Also, the thing about olfactory, you know, the olfactory sense is being tied to memory so close. I think yeah. it makes sense for and magic. Mm-hmm. And depending on how you feel about, you know, magic in your life or in your uh, magic system, I think it totally makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Brandon, this is a question. It wasn't addressed to you by Malignant Sloth. But it was addressed at me. Yes. It was, you know... I think it implicates you in a way (laughs) Um, because the question is, do the PCs regret not using their appetizer from the freebie tickets? What kind of apps was the exchange serving? Uh, And I just, as a appetizer connoisseur, (laughs) I just, I do have to just sort of address this failing. Shit, man. We We were just so into the drinks, you know? I know. I was too excited by the researcher's delight and the bear heads and everything. Damn it. We should have got some fucking nachos, man. What were we doing? Should we all like say the appetizer that we would have gotten if we had ordered yes. from Crimson's Exchange? On the count of three. I do want to say, though, this was for like an appetizer at one of the food stalls. So it wasn't in it wasn't supposed to be like in a thing. You you got like a, a get one snack for free out on the promenade. Gotcha. Like a churro. I reject your 
official canon, sir. <laughs> and we could have own. gotten food there. No, you could have gotten food there. I'm saying the free ticket was uh, for okay. that. That's gotcha, in the gotcha, VIP gotcha. package. That's I'm not telling you you couldn't have bought nachos. What kind of DM would I be? <laughs> I was like, no, you're not allowed to buy nachos. No, they don't sell nachos here. They have a liquor license, but you think they don't have a kitchen in the back. They don't. <laughs> they have a microwave at least. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying for this exercise... They have carts in the promenade that you got one that was, was in the VIP package. Right. But. So it would have been like a bookie churro or a bookie, a bookie bar. shaped a bookie yes, bar, exactly. a bookie shaped pretzel, yes. et cetera, et cetera. I would have really liked some bookie dip and dots, uh, would be the thing that I would be most excited about. Some book and dots. Some exactly. And dots. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe we're... it's like little shreds, like shaved ice or like, you know, coconut flakes, like okay. instead of the dots. Like a hollow hollow. Yeah. Oh, shut up. It's rolled ice cream. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Like books. Cute. Like books. Mm-hmm. Brandon, I'm concerned that Umbi is doing a lot on you because uh, this is a count of two NPCs you said shut up to immediately, <laughs> and now you're doing it in the after party. I'm concerned that Umbi is a bad influence on you. Look, it's y'all, possible. we all decided to do a pirate campaign. You knew the stakes. <laughs> I was going to become rude. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. He bought a hat and everything, but I have yeah. to say it's creeping out of hat time. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's a neutral observation. He's not wearing the hat. I'm just no. pointing it out. No. And let's say that child was uh, not aggressive and h- held two knives until Ubby said shut up to him. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, is that why, literally why you pull out the knives? Yeah. I didn't say shut up to the kid. I said shut up to uh, my colleagues. Uh, well, <laughs> that's the same. I, because the kid said, the kid said something um, about like, um, I forget what he said, but he brought up something exciting. And so Amanda and Julia were talking. We're like, it was bar trivia. Yeah, bar trivia. Shut up. Bar trivia to the kids. <laughs> so that's hilarious. Uh, I love that. I love that child deeply. And you know, we, we get inspiration from all places. So Orlando's I think... the greatest NPC you've added to the <laughs> campaign so far. I love Orlando. And so true to real Orlando. Just full of yeah. ni- kids with knives. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. And they think that someone's saying shut up to them, and they fucking start something. <laughs> I was me as a child. Yeah. <laughs> it's not wrong. Julia, I will show you 200 people uh, uh, who do this in Nassau Coliseum parking lots right now. Well, Eric, <laughs> that's where I would tell full-ass adults to shut up. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, or like at a hockey game, and then Julia turns around and goes, don't curse, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. Right before she checks someone in the audience. Mm, yeah, seven years old. And pulls out her two knives that have <laughs> Mickey Mouse's face on them. Yeah, one retracts, one does not. You want to figure out which? <laughs> I got one of these from set. I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> it's New Jersey roulette. Yeah, right. <laughs> My uncle brought this back on the set of The Sopranos. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. Christopher Montesanti used this. <laughs> exactly right. But listen, guys, we we can't get sidetracked here about the Crimson Exchange. We got to get through the word sharks and, uh, of course, the separation first before we talk more about bar trivia and the researcher's delight and the special researcher's mm-hmm. delight and the glasses. God, so much. Yes. So Yes, so much. Grace Robichaud wants to know, Eric, how exactly do the word sharks work? Uh, good question. So the word sharks work because they are a reskinned bullet, Ooh. which are land sharks from the official Dungeons and Dragons monster manual. Because I didn't think this was happening this episode. Well, yeah. oh really? 
No, I don't know what I was thinking. I really thought you were going to spend more time in the promenade. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to riff and make up some carts and make up some some stands that you can go to. Maybe you'll end up going to the Crimson Exchange, which I had prepped at by that point. But you ended up going immediately towards uh, the book depository that I wasn't anticipating. Well, Eric, everyone knows when you go to a theme park, you do the high yeah. volume attractions first, and then you do food and like wandering around and stuff like that. You got to get on those lines, even if you got VIP. No, I thought it was like the Hall of Presidents, the book depository. <laughs> <laughs> the Not for Troy, baby. For Troy, that's his king to ka. I think you've trained us too good. Every time you like put something in front of us, it's exciting. We're like, no side quest. Let's go straight there. <laughs> I guess so. And so I kind of like bided my time with Piney. I knew that I wanted to have like a person at the front, um, but I kind of just like I have this NPC list to make sure that I'm using different like plants and bugs. And, and so I'm not just like doing fruit all the time, uh, which I'm realizing is like my the thing that I lean on the most. So yeah. I'm just like pine tree. Let's come up. I like full shag pine. I want to throw I threw on the um the silk like blind sense. And then we just kind of went from there. I also wanted to create an NPC who I thought was helpful because I feel like I either intentionally or unintentionally, or maybe you you three are just annoyed at NPCs a lot, that who is not helpful. So I wanted Piney to be able to do that. And then I'm like, oh, they're really going to go into the big room. And then it just kind of, I just had to do it on the fly. Yeah. And Eric, before we get deeper into the word sharks, Julia Brandon, what were your initial reads on Piney? Because they took a interesting sort of arc over the course of these three episodes. I, listening back to the episode, I realized how much we were just like honing in on Piney and like trying to nitpick everything that they said. Anytime they were like, what, how are you going to read? And we're like, what other ways are there to read? Oh my goodness. What's going on? Piney, give us all the information. And they were just like, no, I just like, if you're going to read different, just let me know. I guess I want to help. And we're all like suspicious. I'm a concierge. I don't know what you want. <laughs> we are in a world in which there are many kinds of appendages and senses. And so Eric threw a bone out that was like, oh, yeah, what kind of way do you want to read? And I want to know what are some ways that people read? I was also trying to pull some some improv out of Eric, of course. but Of course, Natch. But, yeah, I was genuinely like, I don't know, like with cilia or mm -hmm. water tension or something. I don't know, you know. Well, yeah. you can see now now that the blue skidoo glasses were revealed, mm -hmm. is that you were in the VIP, and I think this is something maybe that I've learned from all of, like, the scam documentaries that I watch with Amanda, <laughs> where, like, Anna Delvey ends up going to, like, the plaza, and the concierges there are like, hey, what's going on? And then they're like, oh, no, I shouldn't give them the full package. I'm, I really shouldn't. Where, like, they threw that out there, Piney threw that out there, and then you three were like, what is that? And then Piney's like, oh... Oh, you don't know. You're I, never mind. Never mind. I I'm discreet. I can't tell you. You have to tell me. And that's where that that conversation went because Piney's you know very good at their job and they kind of tried to navigate that situation. And then I think the, throwing the word sharks out there uh, hopefully would have gotten your attention, which I think it did. It did. Oh boy, it did. The minute you were like, "There's word sharks," I was like, oh, "Yes, point <laughs> to them." In my defense, I think I cut it out of the episode. Um, but I did stop for a second and ask Eric, am I pushing too hard on a thing that doesn't matter? Please tell me. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing is like the answer is no. The answer is no. You weren't pushing too hard. It's just like 
the charisma rolls you did to figure it together, it's like you cannot lock this. This, mm-hmm. this, this right. thing as it was not open to you. So I think that was the answer was no, but I'm not going to tell you anything else right. unless you, you do something else or you, you decide to just take Piney at their word. Right. Yeah, uh, Troy's impression was like, ah, oh, doing their job. Nice. Moving on. Uh, so, you know, and, and mine mine as well as a player was like, yeah, this seems like somebody who's sort of doing their job but is not going to, you know, necessarily say a bunch of things and offer a bunch of things that we aren't specifically citing because that's not what you do. Like, you make the customer happy with the demands they ask for, but you don't offer more shit that makes your life or day more complicated. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Also, shout out to Lance Reddick as the concierge yes. in John Wick. That was also something I was pulling from and how good he is uh, doing that in R.I.P. to an absolute fucking legend. I couldn't help myself wants to know, since they're word sharks, are their internal structures made of verbiage? Yeah. I see you there. Yeah. 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 It's like a it's like a schoolhouse rock cartoon where we're learning about verbs and it's like here's a word shark they move because they have to and they're filled with words that are actions (laughs) i'm just a shark oh i'm only a shark i thought you were gonna do i'm just a shark and life is a nightmare which i'm like okay (laughs) i'm just a shark and life is a nightmare Julia, you got some stuff you want to walk work through? You want to be a, you want to be a green folk idiot. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that the Broadway version or the? Uh, no, it's the original radio. one by Green it's Day. Obviously, and the Broadway version. No, they're still called Green Day at Vertistella. <laughs> Six Jimmy's coming now across the alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric. Malignant's Law has a bunch of great questions. What was the disengage mechanic that you were using in mm. this encounter with the word sharks? It was like a, a move that the sharks had, right? Yeah, it was this splash thing. So the bullet sharks in the monster manual can just like dive. They're in deserts. I think it's kind of like giant worm sort of mm-hmm. thing if we're talking about Dune. So they can just like dive and they make a big splash. Uh, so I used it as a as an excuse to disengage because we were like vaguely in initiative. We really weren't in initiative as Troy and Cammy were just kind of on guard. So I was kind of just like threading that stuff in between. But that was a move that I have. And yeah, y'all can just look up... Uh, bullets in the um monster manual or i am right now yeah so it's fun i mean they're they're cr5 and i kind of i think i kept it i didn't really change all that much i just like said they were word sharks and made out of stuff but um you know that stuff's out out there for free and i didn't buy it so i'm i'm fine with it making it making it fit in our campaign are they called bullet sharks or just bullets it's b-u-l-e-t-t-e oh they're like land sharks is like it's a bullet if it was a pokemon it's called the land shark pokemon yeah yeah I was just imagining the um, uh, what are they called? The bullets from Mario, you know? Oh, yeah, the bullet right. Bills, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bullet bills. That's what I thought you meant when you said that. I was like, oh, there must be like a third party that like converted yeah. Mario villains into D and D characters, which is kind of neat. Unrelated. If anyone knows that, just send it to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unrelated. That'd be dope as fuck. Yeah. Uh, Malignant also asked, are the word sharks native to the book C, or did someone bring them there? Are the books their home, or were they conjured by whoever built the book depository? Maybe Tessie? Yeah. My impression was that they were an invasive species, right? Because Piney wanted to get rid of them. I think at some point I also said, oh, I don't know if this is their natural habitat, but I would hate to remove them. And then immediately it surfaced dead. And I was like, yeah. oops. 
That uh -oh. was so funny. It was <laughs> very good, bro. That was a great joke. It was I thought it was so funny. This is related. Michelle Spurgeon uh, asked about like, what does the book see look like? Yes. Like, what's the book? What's the book water made of? Is it like water or books about the sea, or is it just like <laughs> damaged books? So you know, uh, if we could all go back to like fourth grade where we were learning about the rainforest, how like the the floor of the rainforest has like a lot of stomped on leaves. And, you know, trees that have fallen down that all kind of just like meld together, which is the second reference to rainforests that I used for for these three uh, for these yeah. three episodes. Yeah. I thought it was like that, how the things you were walking on were books that no one had like wanted for a while. Mm. It was very also like Scrooge McDuck's gold depository. There are mountains and there are valleys and stuff and you can just find things. So like the book C to me was they were stomped on and just kind of like pushed down. And yes, I thought that the, the word sharks were an invasive species that Tessie put there for sure. Nice. Aww. Even if Piney was like, sorry, oh, nothing I can do. There's just word sharks. I mm -hmm. feel less bad about killing it now. I did feel less bad about killing them because they were uh, bloodthirsty, but then Eric made that sound of a hurt puppy when uh, <laughs> one got shot and I wanted to die. So, <laughs> oh, you mean I this one? Oh, 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 oh. God no. damn it, Eric. <laughs> Well, maybe you should think twice before hurting animals. This episode sponsored by PETA. PETA. <laughs> We're not doing it right. <laughs> Give me that one clean, and I'll put it on the, the Discord soundboard. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I refuse. All right. Um, Casey wants to know, Eric, as someone with a horrible fear of sharks, are you also afraid of them and working through some stuff? Or are sharks just so awesome you can't help but use them? And related, Moritz wanted to know if the word shark was 4D. Is it a time shark? And Duran said, who would win in a fight, word shark or time shark? Uh, first of all, time shark. <laughs> time shark is a mythological being and a word shark is just kind of a shark. Mm -hmm. No, sharks are tight. Sharks are Sharks great. are cool as fuck. Sharks are very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited that we get to work with marine animals because I think that they're underrated and a lot of them are tight and just being able to like surface them, the pun absolutely intended, from just being like rare things, I think is fun. And it's been really interesting working with uh, like these mashed up marine animals for the campaign so far. Don't surface them. They have to stay under the water, Eric, or they mm, die. Not all of them. That's right. That's ah, right. Not all but of here's them. the thing. In this fantasy world, they can be wherever <laughs> I want them. <laughs> like, blobfish just look like that. It's not a pressure thing. <laughs> Brandon, I want you to know specifically that I'm thinking about the book C as a badly managed compost pile where the bottom <laughs> is, like, really compacted. And then there's mm -hmm. some invasive species in there. And, like, the hot zone's not hot enough. I love you that. Know, you know what I mean. I love that. Cheryl Rosbach says, where's Troy was a beautiful moment of realization. Was that natural to the players or worked out in editing? Oh, no. Eric just ended the session that way. And then yeah. we all had to say, okay, <laughs> hanging up now. Yeah. We might have said like something in between just like offhanded. So I might have cut that. But like everything else was uh, normal, was uh, natural. With that, yeah, because that saving throw was... Umbees used his old man strength to hold onto the journal, and then Cammy was surfing, right? Yes, because I rolled a nat twenty. Because you rolled a mm -hmm. nat twenty, so then you were we were too busy like woo hang ten Cammy, and then Julia was like ah ha ha, well where's Troy? And I'm like yeah Troy's not there. End of episode. Yeah, and we're all like ah, <laughs> which like I I think we kind of knew to a certain extent because I remember Amanda you didn't roll well, and so yes. I had a feeling that that was going to be the case, and so that's why I kind of worked it into whatever Cammy was saying because I was like, oh, blah, blah, Troy? Yeah. That no, was great. 
Uh, can we all just wonder where Troy is? Like, Troy? 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 What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, yeah, that, Brandon. Exactly. You participated. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah, you yeah. there you go. So now, of course, we get into uh, episode eight, which is fabulous. And I got to tell you that when Eric said, Amanda, leave the room. And I said, what? <laughs> that, that's exactly <laughs> how it went. And Brandon, I want to commend you for really making that trade off and going in and out feel as like unexpected and like kinetic as it did actually playing it in the edit. I loved the inclusion of the Google Meet noises. Yes, I love that. Well, I want to commend you, Amanda, for being the first to be kicked out of the room and not be like, what the fuck did I do? Oh my God. <laughs> I did take a fun selfie from just outside the studio of me looking slightly like a kicked puppy. So I'll, I'll make sure to post that uh, <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, no, those, those sounds were great. I think something that we can definitely do as a podcast is that we get to like put fun sounds in and sound design. Uh, and that also means like enhancing the gamesmanship I think of what we're doing here and what we do under the party as opposed to other actual plays. So I was I was super stoked on that. I thought it was really great, Eric, because for me, that's an experience that is more something you can do for an in-person game. Yeah. And a lot of my games that I play are over the computer or via Zoom or whatever. And so it was really, really cool to have that experience of being quote unquote at the table and being told, okay, I'm gonna take this one player aside or the rest of you relax while me and this person go outside to talk about something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to do it in a different way. I think we've been doing this for a little while in terms of like doing one-on-one -on -one episodes, but like, it's never a secret. It's always like, oh, there's a recording time, so I'm going to bring you in one at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was the first time I think that it, it really felt like someone was being excluded for narrative reasons. And I'm like, yes. uh, I, you know, I was kicking around how we were going to do this, you know? Like, I want the feeling of having to get Troy, but then Amanda's going to be like, oh, here I am. I'm down here the whole time. <laughs> so I yeah. really wanted to figure out a way to make this a little scarier and also to like look around and try to discover things. The funniest thing was Umby doing the Bear grills <laughs> spiral. <laughs> yes. But I, was, I like that because it's like you don't know. You 100% don't know. And I wanted to try to reinforce that and let the gamesmanship like double down on that. It's Jesse Krebs. Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just to give credit where credit's due. I think my favorite part of that episode was finding out that Brandon on a flight chose to watch a master class on Julia, that. guys, can I tell you? <laughs> I didn't hear this. Oh, can yeah. Can I tell you, Julia, I've watched this thing three times now. Why? What are you talking about? So on Delta, they have a couple master classes that you can watch um, for free, like on the back of the seat, you know? Yeah. Um, they have like a really great one on gardening, by the way, the Amanda, if you ever on Delta One, you oh. should watch. And I, I like Masterclass, like they're fun. But there's one by a um, survivalist named Jesse Krebs. Um, Krebs, 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 Krebs. I thought you were joking. But nope, her last name was Krebs. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> I watched it. The first time I watched it, I was like, yeah, I had like 23 minutes or whatever till the end of the flight. So I was like, I, there's nothing I can watch. So I'll just try this. And then I got sucked into it. And now every time I Delta, I'm on a Delta flight, <laughs> I try to finish it because it's so good. And then I sometimes I rewatch it because I'm like, I want to remember this. <laughs> so Brandon told us this, Amanda, and we were like, did your phone die? Like, did they not have any other things available on the flight? Like, are you okay? It's amazing. <laughs> Maybe I just have a fantasy of like 
getting lost in the woods or something. And no, it's, it's true. I mean, listen, Julian knows all about the all about the fungi you can eat. Like that's that's yeah, good to yeah. know. But yeah, I I had no idea. Like Mel one eighteen asked what I was doing when I got kicked out of the room. Like I sat down to start recording at you know noon or appointed time and like had my stuff set up and my and my you know my water and my tea and my dice and Eric's like, yep, man, get out of here. And I'm like. Wait, what? Uh, so I, I was just sitting out there listening to Bruce Springsteen because we were about to see him in concert. And I'm like, I should brush up on more than the top five, I guess, and mm-hmm. waiting uh, to be brought back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing about this is that I was having trouble figuring out how to start the episode because I really wanted to set the scene and then kick Amanda out. And that was like, I had also had like the narration for each group of characters, the one I was going to share with Umby and Cammy, and the one I was going to say to Troy there but I didn't have like the first first thing and I'm terrible at starting the episodes so everyone was like oh yeah Eric's gonna try to figure it out and I'm like oh they don't know I'm gonna kick them out kick a bit out of the room in a second <laughs> that's great it was awesome it was very very cool I liked it a lot and then Brandon and I just talked about Star Wars when we were not in the call mm-hmm. it was fun it was a good time yeah. it's fun when you go back in the edit and you like sync everything up and then you get to like the second part and it's like why is there's just a ton of Star, Star Wars talk overlapping with the game? Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know to turn it off at that point. We didn't know how it was going to go down. It's funny. That's very funny. I wanted to know, actually, Julian, Eric, how did you guys think about the like Nani searching mechanic? Because from my perspective, you know, Troy's kicking around, Nani comes over and, you know, helps guide me more directly to where I have to go. Um, but I wonder if that's something that y'all talked about or that was sort of baked into Nani's stats before we needed it. So that's uh, baked into the familiar stats already is basically you can use a familiar to see and hear through, even though you can't speak through it. And Mm -hmm. you can also cast spells through the familiar uh, with the witch class in particular. Right. And so that was something that I knew I could do without putting Cammy's physical body in harm's way, which I was a little concerned about. And so, yeah, it was just like a... This is the best thing I can do. There was like a moment of panic at the beginning of the episode where Bran and I were looking at each other. We're like, what can we do to find Troy? <laughs> do you have spells for this? I don't mm. have spells for this. I can help you look. I can send Nani in, but I can't really do much. So that was the, the biggest thing. I was going to ask about that too, actually, Amanda, because I was curious if does that leave Cammy's body vulnerable when she's doing that? Yeah. So if Cammy is basically warging through nani it leaves cammy blinded and deafened Mm. so i think i remember i believe i cast sanctuary on myself which would just mean that the word sharks would have had to do a wisdom save in order to attack me which i don't imagine the word sharks were super wise but no i failed that i failed that (laughs) twice they are great sages of our time yes they're so, swimming in the in the books, man. They got to know all of it by now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Think about how much those word sharks osmosis that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. They're made Bruh. of words. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was like my theory was like at least Nani, who has a swimming speed, can get down there and look for Troy and not be too concerned about breathing and stuff like that. Like I was concerned about Umbi and Troy in particular. It was a very anxious inducing episode i spent a lot of time being like okay if i'm not with umby i have to make sure that like when we're in a scene together he's gotten back up to get some air or something like Mm -hmm. that and yeah yeah absolutely 
Now, Amanda, let me know when, at at what point during this after party can I uh, ask, what the fuck, why did you shoot me in the ass? Let me know when that's yeah. time. No, Brandon, that's a great, that's a gr- I'm glad you brought it up. It's important for us to talk about. And uh, Zach, the crag dad, said, Brandon, can you walk us through your headspace when Eric slacked you? What's your AC with no context when you were just hanging out on your own? Uh, I wonder if I still have those messages. Let me look back real fast. Yeah, that'd be great. But no, the thing is, Troy was fine. And that's the that's the the thing that was making me worry, Julia, during this episode, is I was like, oh no, I'm I'm fine. Like Troy's fine. He's got high HP, like he got a cool necklace, like lo- lots of good stuff is happening to Big T over here, and uh everybody else is worried about him. And so, Brandon, that was my logic. It's like I have to I have to like let Umbi know that he doesn't have to go back down because I could see us getting into a situation where I'm fine and now you're imperiled, and I have to further imperil myself trying to bring you back so that's the closest I got and let me let it be known I did not say the butt I did say the foot other people said the butt and other people said the pants fell down and uh, <laughs> it was it was a uh, not how I intended it going I don't remember that you know that's fair you didn't pull off my pants or hit me in the butt I will give you that Amanda but you didn't also think just like like rope or like no, no throw I, a did book not. At me or... I did not. I did not. No, it was awesome, especially because Amanda expended a risk die to do it. I did. <laughs> so I did. It was extra. It was. It was supposed to pin you to the wall so you would stop running. Yeah. Oh, there's I know. no way to take all the pain away. It was a beautiful one. One HP hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did those messages look like? I looked back at my Slack and I just I just said thirteen, but I think at the time I was definitely like. Uh, what the fuck? I mean, I definitely thought, you know, there was a word shark situation or something, but... Not friendly fire, Brandon? <laughs> the the bigger jump scare was when I came back and it was all three of you all at the same time went, give me a wisdom roll! <laughs> <laughs> You're like, do I have to? I'm like, yes. <laughs> or whatever it was, a dodge roll or whatever, but yeah. Oh, that was so funny. Uh, I think the best part of this, speaking of, uh, I knew for a fact that Cammy was defenseless and couldn't see or hear anything, because Cammy jumping out, uh, coming back into her body, and an old man screaming at her was my, was my absolute fi- Actually, no. My favorite part was Umby versus Umby, but my second favorite <laughs> so part good. was a man scream- <laughs> screaming yeah. that your friend cuckolded him. <laughs> the first thing that happens after you come back to your senses. I also truly loved the timing, and this is just tooting my own horn. I love the timing of this old man yelling at me, and Cammy goes, "Tell me more!" and then works out immediately. Yeah. An incredible <laughs> moment, Julia. Yeah. You are you are welcome to toot away. Yeah. I will toot toot. <laughs> yeah. uh, someone said on Tumblr that they found like a bad RPG hooks or something Tumblr that was like, "Oh, make sure one of your characters has the ability to roll, and then maybe they'll see that like an NPC is actually someone they know." And I'm like, "Oh, we do this. It's a, it's called a, it's a background feature for one of our characters." I will look it up right now. Hold on. Also, Brandon and I establishing that both that all old people can do this is was mm-hmm. very fun. Amazing. So Extremely the, the, funny. doing a contest of it was very very interesting. Yeah, because you you initially had thought to do a contest, and you were like, "Oh, can I do this?" And I was like. Fuck yeah, you could do it. Let's go. (laughs) So this was a post from probably bad RPG ideas. And they said the quote unquote, I know a guy mechanic, but Mm -hmm. you can't just make up a new NPC to help. Instead, you can once per session point at an established NPC and say, oh shit, that's my ex. (laughs) (laughs) And shout out to Yeehaw Poor Cryptid on Tumblr who said, join the party does this. And it is absolutely not a bad RPG idea. Nice. Which I agree. 
very good. Hey, uh, editing Julia, can you? This is serious. Can you cut out that toot toot that you just said so I can use it for the Discord toot, soundboard, toot. please? Thank you. <laughs> toot toot. Toot toot tooty. And folks, before I go ahead and refill our nacho platter, um, Sarah Purple People Eater wanted to know. Was there a list of cool books the PCs could have found in the book room? If so, what are some of the ones they didn't find? I'm going to guess no because we caught you off guard, right? I mean, you could have said if you were looking for a book, you could have rolled for it. I just think that, like, I kind of structured, again, because I didn't, I had to make up all these game mechanics on the fly. You were looking for a specific one, so that's why Umbi and Nani were able to, like, dig and and Cammy and uh, Troy were on guard so i kind of like structured the whole mechanics around that but if you were looking for something else i think that we've done this before i just would have asked like what are you looking for what do you want Book about think, barrels and we would have just about barrels. and you would have done an invest a different investigation check which also would have been hard because you're looking for a needle in a book stack book stack mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so it would have been difficult to find something specific but uh you know yes there's no list but if you wanted something it would have been there there's a list in your brain because you're an English major. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's what Eric always says. Mm-hmm. True. All right, folks, I'm going to go refill the nachos. You Sometimes you get to the bottom and there are nachos with no things on them and you have to just like go ahead and put another layer of Ugh. toppings and then just kind of like rebroil. So I'm going to go do that real quick and I'll be right back. Hey, it's Amanda. I am for the very first time growing something edible. Y'all know that I love houseplants, but this is my first year growing cucumbers, tomatoes, and peppers all on the roof of my apartment building. And oh my God, guys, there is absolutely no better feeling than going up to your raised bed and looking in the dirt and for the first time seeing a little bit of sprout. I thought the best thing was a new leaf feeling, but it's not. It's the new sprout feeling. Welcome to the mid-roll. God, it's so green. Welcome to new patrons, Aurea and Lucy. I so appreciate that you made time in your budget to support Join the Party. Made time in your budget? You know what I mean. And it's a great time for all of you to support this campaign on Patreon. We are an independent podcast putting dozens of hours each week into making a show that you hopefully love, and we can only do that because of your support. For just five bucks a month, you get access to the best place on the internet, confirmed. It's the Join the Party Discord. You get a bi-weekly party planning podcast at the audio version for the $5 tier and video version for the $10 tier, and just the knowledge that will genuinely keep you warm at night and help your plants grow better, that you are helping to make this show a reality. Join us today at patreon.com slash join the party pod. This week at Multitude, I want to shout out a fabulous show that has been cranking weekly for almost five months now. It's Games and Feelings. This is an advice podcast about games, but it's really about so much more. It's also about the people we play games with and the people who make the games that we love. Question Keeper Eric Silver, who you may know from this podcast, uh, and a revolving cast of guests answer your questions at the intersection of fun and humanity. They did a great episode recently with Ben Hansen of the Nin Max uh, video game podcast network and talked a lot about the business of making stuff online in a way that I think you will find really, really interesting. And of course, permanent guest Jasper Cartwright, recently married and host of Three Black Halflings, is on most episodes, giving advice, recommending games, answering advice questions, and more. 
Now go ahead and check it out at gamesandfeelings.com or look up Games and Feelings in your podcast app. We are sponsored this week by 20-Sided Store. And now listen, I know we have some uh, parents out there. I hope uh, if you are a mom, you enjoyed a happy Mother's Day recently. But imagine that you could like treat yourself with that amount of energy all year long by going to your local game store and picking up just something cool and interesting for you. Maybe it's a zine. Maybe it's a puzzle. Maybe it's a board game. Maybe it's uh, a new dice bag or a new set of dice because let's be honest, none of us need it, but all of us want it. That is how I feel every time I walk into 20-sided store and their wonderful collection of games and accessories and stuff by indie makers can also be yours by the power of shipping. Check them out online at 20, that's the word 20sidedstore.com. Or if you're in Brooklyn, you gotta go. They have a brand new retail space at 280 Grand Street, just a couple stores down from the best soup dumplings in Brooklyn, by the way, at M. Shanghai in uh, in Williamsburg. God, it's so good. And they have been kind enough to offer a discount to join the party listeners. Use code PIRATE for 20% off your order online at 20sidedstore.com. Or if you visit them in person, all you to do is mention join the party and they'll give you that 20% discount. That's 20 sided store. This show is also sponsored by BetterHelp. And it is so easy in life to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never think about what I need from myself, what you need from yourself. That's one of the reasons, honestly, that I like growing plants so much. And I am trying to grow edible plants this year upstairs on the roof because, listen, it's inconvenient. I got to haul water up there. I got to go through like a really weird and spiderwebby stairwell to get up to my roof. But I get to take those few minutes every morning and by checking on my plants, I am checking in on myself, you know? And yes, this may not be exactly what I should be doing because I'm thinking about the plants need from me, not what I need from me. But you know what? I will take it. It's close enough. And when I told my therapist about this, she was really excited and she really thought it was a good idea because I get to take a few minutes to just stand outside and be in the sun or the cloud or the rain or whatever and think a little bit about I don't know what I need from myself today, how I can try to give myself the care and attention and tending that I give to my plants. Some days it's struggle, sometimes it's easy, but I really appreciate that I have a space in therapy to talk about that stuff. And if you are looking for a space like that for an ally or friend or caretaker, you know, somebody who you can talk with that will help you figure out how to enrich yourself, how to add to what you need, how to take a little more time for you in your day. Therapy is a great way to do it. And BetterHelp is a very easy way to try therapy if you've never have before. It's convenient entirely online. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge if you're not vibing or their schedule doesn't match with yours or whatever else may be up. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash join the party today for 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash join the party. And finally, we are sponsored by the Oracles of Ogre, Sarsen Games' fourth successful Kickstarter project. This is a book of gods, avatars, and subclasses, a whole new pantheon of gods that you can use to build champions, religions, cults, factions, holy sites, epic encounters, you name it, they've got it. 
Each god has a backstory and character points that can turn them into good, evil, or chaotic neutral deities, so you can shape them to your world in whatever way you want and create really unique moments that fit in with your campaign and your players. There are also over 40 subclasses planned for the book, with each one being linked to a god in some way. Those include sand druids, wood wizards, starlight rogues, drowned fighters, tomb warlocks, zen barbarians, and more, including artificers and blood hunters, by the way. Now, this is the most ambitious project out of Sarsen Games yet, and they've had hundreds of positive comments and reviews online. Their last project, which you may have heard of, is called the Herbal Journal of Sicily Longbottom, their most successful project to date, which is exclusively available as an add-on during this Kickstarter campaign, along with all their other previous projects. So visit sarsengames.com or at Sarsen Games on Instagram to find out more. We also have a link in the description to the Kickstarter, which is live through the end of May 2023. And now let's get back to the after party. The key is to just do a single layer of nacho chips it is. so that everything has some sort of topping on it. Or you do a layer mm-hmm. cheese, a layer rest of toppings, cheese rest mm, of toppings. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Do a double like, decker. Like movie popcorn. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Necessary. Wait, how do you do that with movie popcorn? How do you take it out of the thing? Well, Brandon, when you order it, you say... Can you layer the butter in there? And they go, yes, ma'am. You're a discerning customer. And then they oh. fill it up halfway, either give it to you to self-serve the the butter oil, which, by the way, as a former vegan, that's not butter at all. That's simply oil. Coconut. And you could be lactose intolerant like me and eat it. And then you give it back to them. They final layer. And then you put more on top. All workers are skilled workers. <laughs> <laughs> so true. All right. Let's talk about a skilled worker who absolutely thought that we were uh, too intense. And that's Chaz, the bartender, the bamboo with the skinny jeans. I have qualms with the way that you framed that. I thought I was wonderful and I tipped Chaz well and I engaged him in good conversation. (laughs) I mean, he was enjoying it. He works at a bar at a theme park. Chaz is just just fucking dealing right now. doing his best. Yeah. I'm sure he was making six drinks at a time trying to talk to us, you know? Yeah. Oh, especially with managing the uh, research. That's what the thing was, is that he's waiting for the researcher's delight bell to go off. That's Mm -hmm. why he was so distracted. And he was trying to, like, fit in small talk around the crush, which you ended up seeing. Yeah. And process wise, as we were listening to Brandon's draft of episode nine, I was like, hey, um. All the times that Chaz is sort of like saying the sentence three or four times before he gets the sentence out, was that like, is that like, Eric, did you want to do that? Like, Brandon, did you want to leave that? And you're both like, yeah, yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. imagine he's shaking a cocktail shaker the mm-hmm. entire time he's yeah. talking to Cammy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you anyone here or listening has like, you know, tried to have a conversation. Like, think of like TV and movie when people have like a dinner party and they're like able to like chop and saute and like cook while they're like entertaining their guests beautifully and try that in real life and you'll quickly realize it's hard to multitask. <laughs> yeah, burn yourself. Yeah. So Chaz was like, I don't know, there's the lake encounters there. I don't really see Tessie. She's my boss's boss's boss. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, this is the most I can tell you. Uh, yeah. I have to serve these drinks. No, it makes total sense now. But at, at the time, yeah, it just, it didn't occur to me. But yeah, Chaz, I, I am obsessed with uh, and I, I had so much fun talking to him and I'm sorry that Troy didn't get to do more small talk with him as I did my self-serve side quest. You know what? Troy got to do some fascinating other stuff so it's okay that he gets to talk to the NPC. It's true and I listen I felt a little like self-indulgent and I, I gotta say that you know at the end of the episode when we are talking to Piney and I had a legitimately chill
chilling moment of Piney kind of calling us to the side and interrogating the fact that I absolutely stole something valuable. Like, Julia and Brandon didn't vote on what Troy did. And, like, as a player and as a party member, I didn't want to, like, you know, endanger the whole party for a thing that I thought was cool. And now, listen, I had a, you know, I thought it was really cool. I thought it would be very fun for us to take. I happened to be in the room when the the bear was singing and like saw the item there. Like all of that was amazing. But I felt so bad that I was like using our amber and putting us into potential danger at the end of this episode. So I don't know, like, thanks for indulging me guys. But I, you know, I think the glasses are going to be an interesting thing for us to have. You know what, Amanda? Like, we're a pirate crew. I think that this is probably a thing that happens a lot where someone like wanders off and like comes back with cool stuff and we're like, oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And there's no situation in which me or Julia would be in that situation that you had and not done the same thing. So Exactly. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. I mean, listen, your players are going to go do stuff. It exists. There was a thing there. It had to happen. I'm glad you did it. It was a really interesting moment, and you put yourself in a really interesting spot. So I am absolutely all. I'm absolutely all about it. And I appreciate that Troy did that because I know as player Julia and also as Cami, we were both hyper fixated on getting that specialty cocktail. So that was like. You were not dragging me away from that bar until I got the research, <laughs> the special researcher's delight. Same. Yes. And can you all three who are more versed in Tiki and Disney lore talk about some of the uh, the inspos behind the researcher's delight world and cosmology? Eric, go nuts. Sure. I actually learned this at PAX East. Uh, we ran into two friends, uh, Andy and Luke from outside Xbox, where Andy is a big Disney guy. So he told me about like this this drink at Trader Sam's that I hadn't heard about. And I also had been fascinated about Trader Sam's in general because I thought it was cool that, like, the different things on the wall sang when you got different things. I, I just thought that was really sick, and I wanted to put that in our game in general, and this gave me a very interesting opportunity to put it in. So when Book Depository Island turned into a theme park, that's when I realized I could put it in there. Yeah. Have you not been to Trader Sam's? Oh, no. Oh, oh we got to take you next you. time. It's going to be great. <laughs> I listen, I'm not a Disney person for sure. That's I only right. I go for Julia for Julia related events only. Yay. <laughs> I don't think you need to have a do you need to have a ticket to get into the resorts? No, because it's just the Polynesian Hotel, so you could just yeah. go there casually. Oh cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So next time we're in Orlando, we'll go. Uh but the drink that you're referring to is called the Polynesian Pearl, which comes in this kind of pearl shaped glass it like opens up as we're talking about the interactive experience of trader sam's it's like a big clam opens up and reveals the drink which mm -hmm. is really really neat and every one in a hundred of those polynesian pearls is a black pearl so it comes in like a specialty black pearl glass and that is apparently very rare it is something that if someone like gets that while you're in the bar it's like a big deal and people will try to pay you like a hundred dollars in order to get that like specialty cup which is wild uh and that was the inspiration i had for selling the specialty yes, researchers so delight so smart you know, they do that uh, with um, black kyber crystals at the Disney park sure. or at the mm -hmm. Star Wars land, too. So that's pretty genius. Maybe we should do something with JTP merch. We're like one in a hundred. <laughs> one in a hundred. Yeah, well, one just in a hundred like... jokins is like 
actual chrome or something. I don't it's know. actual gold. It's like squishy. You can yeah. you can bite it. Yeah, that's good. Like our like our Twitch emote where which has the golden Chad. Maybe you know every yeah, if we exactly. ever bring back the Chad dice, which I don't know if it's a thing people want. You should let us know. Uh, we can you know we can have like a a signed sticker in there. I was Ooh. thinking as I was falling asleep last night or two nights ago. <laughs> I was like you know maybe telling people on the podcast like. You know, the only way we grow is if you tell people. Maybe it's like the only way you get fucking merch is if you get more people into the show. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's true. You need to bring a hundred of you need to sign a petition and tell us what merch to make and we will make the merch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called a Kickstarter, bro. No, no, no. See, so the only way we can make, let's say, jokins, right? So we need X amount of people listening to the show to guarantee we sell X amount of jokins. Mm-hmm. So the only way to get the jokins is if you bring in more listeners. Mm-hmm. So that's True. up to you, y'all. Mm-hmm. Now, this True. is starting to sound like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Julia, shh, 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 shh. So tell your downstream to listen yes, to join yes. the party. <laughs> you don't have to listen. The downstream has to listen, and then you get the joking. Yeah. Exactly. You already listen. Rara wants to know, as a team, how many times and how much money would you have spent for the Rose Bear drink? Like I said, I would have been there the entire time <laughs> until we rolled it. All of the time, all of the money. It would have been a three-hour episode of just me being like, all right, I do my strength-saving throw, I order more drinks, let's yeah. go. I 100% was prepared to do that because that was the damage. Like, I wanted it to get to a point where maybe one of you passed out or there was an issue. Um, I also 100% did this as truthfully as possible i came up with like a 1d uh, i forgot what 22 22 you said yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I made a 1d 22 digitally and it did come up as 22 yeah. when you rolled it so i i did it as truthfully as i could because i wanted it to go on forever oh yeah right and it was the perfect timing too because you had troy in that other room when the i don't want to say too much but it was literally perfect timing it was that was serendipitous the game wants what it wants. There's I can you I can the only dice do so much. tell a story. Yeah. Yeah, I I do appreciate Brandon that you left in where I was like, bah, yeah, Troy's gonna leave. And you guys are like, look at the barrel! Look at the barrel! <laughs> look at the barrel! Look at the barrel. Please. <laughs> Listen, we can all laugh at me playing a himbo, but you know, Troy does have to look at the barrels at a certain point. And you're right, like being a pirate, you know, you just you smash and grab, and it's a it's a really good, you know, kind of impulse to have playing a character. Amanda, we love Troy. We love every decision you make as Thank Troy. Thank you. So it's fine. I'm enjoying playing Troy as well. Um, only the best boy wants to know, was the tiny rose bear thought of when the researcher's delight was come up with? Yeah. I mean, that was the thing is like the, the pink rose bear sings its falsetto. Everyone looks at it. And then you can put stuff into the bass singing there. That's, mm. the, that's the moment. Yeah. So in fantasy, it's glasses. In real life, it's uh, kilos of cocaine. Yeah. yeah. So that is what the bouncers were doing, the Tessie people who were not really doing crowd control and also didn't stop me from going into the storeroom. Right. Fascinating. They, they, had, they, had others, yeah, they had other stuff to do. Amazing. Interesting. Moritz wants to know, what are the flavors of the researcher's delight? And I know a couple of other people wanted to know, like, what's another drink on the menu at the Crimson Exchange? And specifically, our friend G wants to know, um, did the different layers have different properties? Like, does the drinker of the pink layer get some of kind of magical effect? Mm. Can I suggest you watch our streams every Thursday <laughs> at uh, 12 PT, 3P, 3 ET, and maybe... We'll make a research as delight. Yeah. Maybe. Ooh, I like Who that. Say? I think one is grapefruit, but that's it. <laughs> okay. Just a little palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah, no, drinking a research delight mechanically, like in the in the game that we played, it's just a drink. But 
I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I literally just thought of the colors. I didn't think of what they were flavored. So I don't know. I love it. One of the weirdest and not like good things, but like fun things to eat at the Star Wars Cantina in Disney World is they have like it's like a petri dish, but it's like a Jello shot with yeah. like oh that's cool with like pop rocks and some other like cool textural things. Yeah. Um So maybe maybe something along maybe it's like a. Like a dirt cup, you know, with like Oreos sure. and gummy worms, Ooh. but like alcoholic somehow. Mm. Yeah, I did definitely want the re- whole reason why it's separated is that you're supposed to access them in any order, and like if you stir it, even if you stir it, like the densities make them re- reassign. So it's totally up to you. You're supposed to drink it however you want, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about making an adult like boozy pudding cup with like or- crushed Oreos and then like gummy worms soaked in vodka. Well, that you could just make so like a Jello shot gummy worm right you could just yeah. mold the jello shot into gummy worms mm, oh that's, that's cool that's a good point oh, that's true yeah. a boozy yeah. pudding cup is my drag name <laughs> <laughs> it should be <laughs> uh jaya tokyo drifting pizza guy wants to know eric how do you come up with these cool things to make npcs out of a square of grass a cube of water that's a queer cranberry bog holy shit i don't know man I get it. All of us said, damn, Eric, this cranberry bog, best ever. Best ever. <laughs> like, all of so us good. in the moment were like, good God. And the high shorts, amazing. I know, and he's Incredible. just a dad. Yeah. I just used this NPC as a dad. I aspire to be that cranberry bog when I'm older. Seriously. <laughs> Same. Same. Uh, I get the thing I'm just trying to do different forms. I was getting a little tired with myself of either being like, head is the thing and then humanoid body or whole body is the thing with little arms and legs. I was trying to get out of that. So piney, I was trying to push myself and the cranberry bog, I was trying to push myself. And I was also inspired by the the square of grass as well, which I thought was, which was really fun. So I'm just trying to put different shapes uh, in as, uh, as green folk. Hey man, doing a great job. Thank oh, you. Yeah. I'm trying. Uh, shout out to my list. Yeah, I was gonna say, was the cranberry bog on your list? Cranberry was on the list, but then I was like, oh, let's do the let's do the the bog. So Raise cool. the stakes, bruh. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, yeah. And then like the shorts, the because the shorts were good, and I also had a little bit more time because uh, of Julio's great idea. So I I had some time to think about what what I wanted to do, and that was nice. Speaking of Julia, the question surgeon, Michelle Spurgeon, would like to know, how disappointed were you that the bar trivia wasn't trivia, but indeed a roll of the dice? You know, (laughs) I don't expect Eric to run an entire bar trivia for me in canon. Was I disappointed? A little bit, but I shouldn't have expected more. So that's fine. You know, that would be an insane thing for you to do, Eric. Yeah. I want to say that before we recorded that day, Julia was like, I hope this place has bar trivia. And I'm like, now there is. Now there is one. <laughs> so, I came, so I came up with Craig with three A's yeah. on the spot. Craig. Craig, who's a pumpkin. Uh, so I had with to, a goatee. Yeah, with a, with a pumpkin with a goatee. So I had to I had to fill that in. So no, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. It would have been really funny to like do like obscure sports trivia, but vertistellify it. Yeah. <laughs> like who won the Heisman in '86? You know, it's a, yeah, it's... yeah. Corn Cobb Johnson of University of Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Classic, classic. Rachel De Bruin says, "How stinky was Umby after he got trampled that first time at the bar?" Shut up! <laughs> so much peppers. So much peppers. It's not stinky. It smells. Do you think green bell peppers smell stinky? Yes. It's, it's musky. <laughs> It smells like green bell peppers. Mm. <laughs> I would use that as an air fisher. <laughs> really? Imagine you no. got in a taxi. And the <laughs> <laughs> it was a pepper. And it was just, it was a pepper. <laughs> of 
it's a tree, but it all is. Pepper like, cut in the shape of a tree. Yeah, it's like yeah. a weird green. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I was essentially picturing a cab air freshener when you described Piney, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Piney's a flapper dress, just a full person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And closing out the Crimson Exchange here, Katie Morris says, Words cannot describe the level of delight I felt at hearing the words, that's right, motherfucker, in the voice of a small child. (laughs) Now I just have one very important question. How do I go about adopting this small knife-wielding child? Is there a form I need to fill out? Are there fees? No, just take him. You can't adopt a force of nature. It's true. (laughs) Just take Orlando. Just take him. (laughs) I love that his name is Orlando. (laughs) So good. That's so good, Eric. It was, I mean, it was, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? The first question, I was like, where do you want to sit? And then you, and then the three of you like fucked around for five minutes. I'm like, no, right, that's not what happened, sir. It's like, all right, we're here. No, let's flesh it out. We're, fl- we want to spend time having this situation. Let's flesh it out. No, yeah. what happened is said, where do you want to sit? And I said, are there bar stools? And you said, of course there's bar stools. And I said, great. And then I was going to tap on a younger person's shoulder and say, hey, do you mind if I borrow your seat? I'm an old man. <laughs> and then you were like, it's a four-year-old. And then I told my colleagues to shut up. And you thought I was telling the kid to shut up. So you pulled a knife. <laughs> like I said, we wanted to spend more time we in the choosing a chair situation. So I fleshed it out. And Brandon, without your great accidental invention here of this situation, Troy would not have a book depository souvenir knife in his inventory. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. It's great. Uh, on the knife, on the knife, Bookie looks like uh, the, looks like Cuphead. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I love that. Yeah. Hi, Miss Alice wants to know how many marriages has Umby ruined? Not including his own. You know what? Here's the reality. Umby doesn't remember either. Oh, no, Umby. The number could be one. It could be, actually, it could be zero. It could be ten. If age is it, look, age is a number. Number of broken marriages is just a number, you know. I feel like marriages in uh, also in Overstock, some of them are like common law or just vibes. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, what is a marriage? I bet that's true in the crags. Like, it's just like, yeah, you know, they've been together for a while. They're married yeah. now. You, oh, this woman who hunts with me. Mm-hmm. She's, quote unquote, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Umbi has the real energy of, like, the guy in a retirement community that is on his, like, sixth marriage. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely, Julia. Forgets yeah. their names. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then it's the guy that you walk in and someone tells, like, whispers that in your ear and you're like, that guy? What the fuck? <laughs> or or it's, how? Or it's like, hey, you see, you see that guy sitting near Umby? That's his FBI case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also that. Yeah, he blew up some buildings in the seventies. <laughs> but now they're married. They're together. <laughs> they're fine. Together. Yeah. Thirty Listen. years younger. It's it's wild. Yeah. Charisma. <laughs> mm-hmm. Smells like green bell peppers. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's an aphrodisiac. It's pheromones. <laughs> KKBug02 says, if there are TVs, are there also things like radios and on the mainland operator telephones? Gotta tell you, this shook me more than almost anything else in these three episodes. Yeah, I think operator telephones, here's the thing I was thinking about, just could, could speed some stuff up, was like on one piece, they have like cars and stuff, but the way that they communicate is through uh, snails. There are these snails that they use as like long distance 
communication devices, which I think was really fun. But I also have like mass radio. They have newspapers. They also have like some TV. So I just thought it was just to kind of move it along. Obviously, there's not like mass media necessarily, but I thought it was just like to illustrate things a little bit easier for what we understand in our modern world and just figuring things stuff out. Like the puppet show makes sense to me. I know it's ridiculous, but I think it's also funny that it's like, you. how do you get news? Like a bird drops off a big thing or a, or a boat drops off mm-hmm. a big thing of newspapers that are uh, a week old or people mm-hmm. act them out for each other based on their experiences. Uh, I think that, that totally makes sense. Well, I think you also like listener, you also have to think about like there might be some common things that like different societies and different planets or different worlds, whatever, like develop like the written word, but like the form they take might be different. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, we, we, everyone might have some sort of like written mail that, you know, gets passed along, but yeah, someone might use snails. Someone might use dogs, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Great. Speaking of which had a really interesting question from lefty. The mention of language made me curious. And now I'm wondering, is it possible that different crags rulers speak different languages and the palace guards that live through all the range end up being polyglots. There are different dialects spoken in each country, but everyone's also taught the equivalent of common or is language universal on all of Verticello. Well, as we've established, French is a canonical language. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, France exists. That's for sure. It's a craggish language, I still think. There has to be like a Quebec equivalent on one of these countries. I think that's what it is. Um, But no, I I love that. That's tight. I love language. Mm -hmm. I love language history. Um, Yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, I was reading an article recently that friend of the show, Yvonne, sent me about speakers of Yiddish in Scotland and how the Scots language and the Yiddish language have like that CH sound in common. And there is actually a lot of intelligibility between the two languages. So especially between the 30s and 50s, there was like a real just like there is, you know, Judeo-Spanish and all other kinds of ways that like, you know, Jews and diaspora learn and kind of blend languages where they end up that there was a kind of like Scots-Yiddish hybrid um, happening in Scotland. That's tight. That is very Mm -hmm. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. There was a poem in it. It was great. (laughs) Mel118 and a few others also said, so they don't know what a salmon is, but they do know what a shark is? No. We know a word shark. Again, they know what a word shark is. Remember, Mm -hmm. we are using Avatar The Last Airbender rules where they a salmon on its own, they don't know what it is, but as long as it's a combination between a plant and an animal or an animal and some cool concept, it counts. (laughs) So they don't know what a salmon is because it's just a salmon. Yes. There you go. Not a salmon berry. That we know. If it were lox, we would know what it is because lox are smoke and salmon mixed together. There we go. There we it's go. True. I should. I gotta change this to talking locks as the also as the <laughs> MacGuffin in this campaign. Yeah, right. And uh, Cassie actually asked, "What are the gang's best guesses at what the salmon actually is?" Like the characters' thoughts themselves. I saw this question. I, I mean, I've been trying to think about that. I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't think Troy even has a guess. He's just like, "Oh, it's the thing we have to look for." Like it's. It's not. You know, the form of it is isn't even important. At some point, I do think there's going to be a scene where, like, the three of you and some maybe some other people are sitting around a fire and this question is going to come up. So I'm very interested to see what everyone's thoughts are. Mm-hmm. Who can say? Like, someone smokes some fantasy weed and then asks this question. <laughs> yeah. Gandalf's there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cammy makes edibles for everyone. Of course Gandalf's there. He's just umby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. No, Gandalf is like, it's like, who is this? <laughs> Abby Zamet said, "Is there a JTP campaign two parentheses Green Folk version comic book in the book depository?" Ooh, I'm sure. Maybe I'm sure there is. Who can That'd say? be fun. Yeah. I like that. If you dig, if you dig deep enough, there was actually a mirror underneath all that stuff. So, <laughs> yes. 
Oh, and actually, um, Cora said, can everyone understand Nani? In my head, this has sort of been yes, but what do you think, Julia? Oh, I don't think so. I think it's like droid language in Star Wars where it's like, kinda. It's binary. but Get get her meaning with the gesturing and stuff. Yeah, in yeah. Star Wars, the droids speak binary and some people speak it and some people don't. So like, right. I, I don't think Umbi understands Nani besides just like, you know, general gestures and movements and stuff, you know, but. I think it's like, Jake and I have been watching a lot of uh, Star Wars Rebels lately. And I, in my mind, it's like a normal person listening to Chopper talk where it's <laughs> sure. like, I get yeah. the vibe. I know what's going on. Yes. I can kind of hear the words that you're saying, but I don't know the exact right. words you're saying. Like me visiting Quebec. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I mean, I'm certainly aping the best familiar of all time, uh, Pawpaw from oh, uh, so NADPOD campaign one, which is, it's just a fun joke. I just love it. Uh, yeah. So I'm just enjoying what myself. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Papa was just very expressive. Oh, okay. He just goes, and then he was a lawyer for a while. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, they would be able to talk to him via like speak to animals and stuff like that. And he would have, was it like a very fancy accent when or, they or it was like super deep or something? I can't yes. remember what it is. Yeah, but no, it would be like just, young one. Yeah, he was just very, he was just very expressive. Um, yeah. And that was always fun to do. And like, cause uh, Murph would just go, rah, 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 and then I, me going, it's just, it's just nice being able to. <laughs> it's the equivalent. Lean, I like it a lot. Yeah. Lean on something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, for sure. And finally, Julianne Brandon again, uh, mea culpa. Uh, I did activate your trap cards and Janine wants to know, what are your favorite chartreuse cocktails? The last word. The last word is my favorite cocktail of all time. And it also has green chartreuse in it. What is it? I've never heard of that. Oh, so it's gin, green chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, which is uh, sometimes difficult to get, but delicious regardless, and then lime juice. And sometimes they'll do it where they'll do a absinthe wash in the glass before constructing the cocktail. So it's... Yeah. I did an absinthe wash when I was 20. I raised a lot of money for cancer research. (laughs) Oh, nice. Good job. It was for habitats for humanity. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I mean... There's a lot of cocktails that I like that aren't in like a classic cocktail book, but um, something like let's say 101 cocktails you can make for other people. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just a little wet, little sticky. Yeah. But I also love a last word. <laughs> also a, a bijou, which is really good, uh, which is like a stirred mm. um, all liquor drink, which is really good. But yeah, anything with chartreuse is is gonna be tasty. So you should you should get it. True facts. I want to give a shout out to all green drinks in general because it usually means they put tomatillo in it and then it's going to be absolutely banging. I've never had a green cocktail that I did not absolutely love. I agree with that, actually. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Very true. Either like it's super herbaceous or there's tomatillo in it. So it's going to be like a spicy, interesting mezcal margarita or both. (laughs) I'm like, nice. All right, good. Tight. All right, folks. It is time to spoil the plank. Are we ready? Avasti. Library Chick says, with French being a crag's language, does that mean Aubergine is from the crags? Will Troy have a clue to Aubergine's backstory? Who can say? Unless we lock that, unlock that in the skill tree. Yeah. That's my theory currently, but things could change. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to have to write down separatist, <laughs> separatist <laughs> county in the crags question mark in my notes. <laughs> ASDJ Katie says, did the mysterious hand mean to give the glasses to Troy or was it a right place, right time situation? And less of a question, more of a comment. So if you have the reading glasses, does this mean if they find a book about the infinite lake, they could be transported into it? Or what about a goldenrod story? Ah. Ooh, a goldenrod story. Ah. Those are all very good theories. Oh, we didn't even get to talk about goldenrod at all. 
Ah, the respectful raider. Oh my god, I love that rhyme. That limerick is my absolute favorite. It was so good. There's an episode of Star Trek Next Gen because we're watching it right now where they go into a Robin Hood basically story. <laughs> so that's what I'm imagining. They love doing that. That's what I'm imagining happening here. I do just want to call for fan art of Goldenrod, the respectful raider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So funny. Loved his wife. Was no what type of green folk was he again? Uh, he was golden. I think he was a flower. He was Goldenrod. Excellent. So yeah. You made that up, right? So here. good. What? The limerick? The, the rhyme? rhyme? The rhyme? Oh, yeah. No, I spent a lot of time coming up with Raider <laughs> Good. Good. I just had Rhyme Zone writing it yeah. out. You, yes. you said <laughs> it so casually that I was like, did he make this up on the spot? It's way too good to be made up on the spot. <laughs> yeah, you know, Golden Rod, the respectful Raider. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, what? What? <laughs> Love this life. I love Goldenrod. I, I also want to shout out to the incredible Crimson Exchange Zoom Golly 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 mm-hmm. song. Yes. Yes. That is a, um, that's like a old Jewish folk song that people used when they were like de- headed out into like the desert and then creating like the, kib- uh, the kibbutz and stuff. Um, cool. That's like one that they sang. So I knew that for a, a long time. So I thought that was just fun to, uh, fun to include. Hell yeah, dog. Lives in my head now and as in the background. Uh, Casey says, this may have been answered, but do the characters know each other's backstories? Will Cammy ever talk about their past? Mm-hmm. Who can say? Who can say where the wind blows? I mean, Umbi mentioned he was a senator and everyone was like, what? And, and that's offensive <laughs> to me and Umbi. So <laughs> Why? You haven't told us your past. You should you... know your senators. Be engaged in politics. We're not Nothing is funnier than if this is like someone going over to their friend's house and it's like, oh yeah, my grandpa was a senator in the Balkans. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, he's Slovakian royalty. How did you not know that? Because we're not from Slovakia. Eric, do I know what my brain filled in when you said you go to your friend's house and then? What? My grandpa invented Ziplocs. (laughs) Do you know someone who invented Ziplocs? No. (laughs) Okay. Steven Just Ziploc. to say, sorry, I'm really, I'm really on the edge of the plank here. I got, I got to back up a few steps. <laughs> That's real Gretchen Wiener's like. F- My father, the inventor of the toaster. <laughs> yes, thank you, Julia. Yes, that's exactly what that is. All right, all right. A couple more questions here and spoil the plank. Uh, Malignant Sloth says, "What was in that one weird barrel?" Malignant, we're never gonna know. We're never gonna Eric, know. Tell us what was in the barrel. We're not gonna go back. I'm not gonna tell. tell no, us. I'm not gonna tell no. you the barrel. Tell us. Shit. Michelle Spurgeon, do you think you're off the hook for the glasses, or do you think they can be detected as well as your lie? Who can, Who say? can say? Who can say? We paid good money, though, to Piney, so. We'll see. And finally, from Malignant's Law, wait, was fun Mandy Potash on Crimson Larceny's ship? Does someone put on the glasses and watch their pranks? I can't wait to see more about those glasses. Who can say? Who can say? I don't know. Who can say? Who can say? Amazing. I can't. I can't say. You're just gonna have to tune in. And I mean, find you out. can. You're just choosing not. To. No, Julia. I um. I intentionally knock myself out uh, <laughs> using a Batman batarang every single time. So you I say, "Oh, you memento disease yourself." Gotcha. Yeah. No, see, uh, that's a affliction that is passed down from generation to generation that I've avoided. <laughs> yeah. So no, I have to physically uh, hurt myself using something from Batman's toolkit. Sure, makes sense. Yeah, so that I don't remember. So I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, 
uh, listeners, it is up to you to unlock Jokins and a Chad Dice restock and perhaps a golden Chad, one in every hundred Chads. Maybe we can make a gold. You have to let your downstreams know, recruit 10 <laughs> people who then recruit 10 people. We can't make a pyramid And all scheme. of a sudden, we have 111 new listeners to join the party. I'm just I saying. I think it's legal as long as we don't charge them money, you know? Like, I... Yeah, you don't have to mail us money in order to become a join the party um, affiliate, yeah. but you, you can text 10 friends and have we could do a Ponzi scheme without, and then they text listens. ten friends, and then they. But text when we yeah. say friends. that on the podcast, and then then ellipses profit exactly. I mean something that. We we have a whole article on the multitude website about the gospel of prosperity, and that's how we're gonna make it happen. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for this after party, and I gotta tell you, the next three episodes slap even harder than these three. So you know we are we are rolling ever onward. Bye. Bye. Later. May your rolls turn ever upward like a pyramid. (gasps) (gasps) I'll sing you a song that all green folk know until 